Welcome back to the John Krasinski Show. I am John Krasinski, the senior writer for The Athletic, covering the Timberwolves and Vikings for The Athletic. And this is my show, but you're used to hearing Jim Suhan's voice at the top of the show as kind of the pseudo host who sets me up and and uh, and I knock down all the all the bowling pins when we're talking about Timberwolves and we're talking about the NBA. Jim is in uh, Augusta for the Masters this week, and so filling in in his uh, very small shoes is Alan Horton, the radio play-by-play announcer extraordinaire for the Timberwolves on WCCO AM eight three zero. We are coming to you live from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. And we will talk a lot over the next 30 minutes or so about where the Timberwolves are in the play-in, playoff race, about what Allen has seen from his bird's-eye view for much of this season, and really just kind of set up a crucial weekend here for the Minnesota Timberwolves with games at San Antonio on Saturday and uh, home against the New Orleans Pelicans on Sunday before we get to any play-in or playoff situation. So once again, John Krasinski here with The Athletic. Glad for you to join us. And we are brought to you by TSR Injury Law, Head Flyer Brewing, Manscaped, and All Energy Solar here at the Aquarius Home Services Studio. So Alan Horton, thanks for joining us on this lovely Friday. How are you doing, sir? John, I am great. It's great to be on with you. Um, how did we not get the invite along with Jim to uh so probably something that's on a lot of people's bucket list, going to Augusta and watching the Masters. I mean, how do we, how do we miss that invitation? Why aren't we all doing this live from Augusta? Yeah, I, I think that we need to do that. And and I think that Augusta would be very um, hospitable toward even a Timberwolves podcast at sure Augusta, they would. right? I they mean, would love it. there's got to be some crossover uh, opportunities there. And, <laughs> and we are certainly, you and I are definitely big enough media stars to warrant such yeah. an invitation it may have gotten lost in the mail may have uh you know may have just uh you know kind of gotten maybe they assumed that because the wolves are in this really hot race for the playoffs that we wouldn't have time i think we could squeeze yeah. it in though yeah i think so too i think so too and yeah yeah we got to start throwing our our media weight around a little bit but that would be uh that's always been something that uh i mean you just watch on tv and that's oh, just uh, that's an elite elite tournament right there that uh like I said, it was, it's, it's got to be on a lot of people's bucket list. That that would be fun to go to. 100%, no doubt. Well, thanks for joining us here, Alan. And uh, let's just start it off broadly, Alan, with yeah. kind of a WTF question for you on this season. It has been an unbelievable roller coaster. I There are times where I think I have this team figured out either for the better, and I think they're putting things together, and then they go back into the gutter, or there's times where I'm ready to just write them off entirely. They have lost to Portland. They have lost to another terrible team, and then they go and write the ship and win a couple in a row. Just your, your general observations as being a chronicler of this team for – all of the games, being with them on the road, at home, and and trying to search for the identity of this team. Just what have you seen as we enter into this last weekend of the season? What stands out to you about this Wolf season? Yeah, I think exactly that. You hit it on the head. It's It's been a roller coaster. I think I've counted 15 different stretches this season of, you know, like five, six game spurts where they, you know, they started the year four and two. But then they'll follow it up with losing five out of six, then win three in a row, then lose four in a row. Then you win five straight, and then you lose six out of seven. It's been like that all season long. And 
you know, at, at times you're right. You think, well, just when you think you've figured this team out, they have a setback, either good or bad. Um, and they put things together and maybe the offense looks good for a stretch and then uh, that will fall apart. And then the defense plays really well for a stretch and then that will fall apart. And you just, I, I haven't been able to peg this team for any sort of consistency and what it all adds up to is a 500 team. And that's right where they are. They're 40 and 40. Um, and they basically played like that with the kind of inconsistency that they've had throughout the season. Um, and, and a lot of that can be attributed to, you know, Towns missing such a big period of time. Um, other injuries that have happened, working Rudy Gobert into the roster and into the lineup. Um, and then at the trade deadline, kind of remaking your team on the fly. Um, and, and so there've been a lot of factors that have led into that fifth 500 record, um, you know, the last two days, they've got a practice in today and yesterday. That Those are the first two practices they've had since Mike Conley came aboard where you've had Conley, Towns, and, and Anthony Edwards, you're starting five basically together. They haven't had a practice. There was the one practice after Carl came back, but Ant missed that because he was sick. And you just haven't had any practice time. And I was talking to Mike Conley the other day in New York, and they all they had was a shoot-around, which is – you know, for fans, there's there's practices, which is usually which is an unoff day, and it's usually an extended workout. You know, it's an hour and a half, it's two hours, something like that, maybe a little shorter. But uh, it's it's practice on a game day earlier in the day. Sometimes there are shootarounds where guys get up, they get shots up, you go through the game plan, um, and oftentimes at a home game there'll be a, a quick walkthrough, which is really just exactly that walking through some other team sets that's not really much of a practice at all you can't really gain too much chemistry with teammates you haven't played with before so that's why practices are so important it gets you a chance to get on the floor with guys learn their tendencies get on the same page uh make sure everybody knows what 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 play means this play means that that play means this uh where do you want me to be mike how do you like this cat where do you like the ball that kind of thing and they just haven't had any of that um, it's, it's not unique to the Timberwolves. Every team goes through it. You balance those, you know, those rest days and, and trying to get guys rested as much as possible with getting back in the gym and getting into the minutia and, and, and working them hard. It's kind of a fine balance that Chris Finch has had to toe this year, uh, because he's playing guys big minutes and he needs to give guys rest. And the team has responded pretty well, um, when they have had rest and, and come back, um, with strong performances. And if you, if you work guys too hard, well then, you know, then you're not getting those those performances that you're looking for. So it's been it's been a, a tightrope walk, I think, all season for Chris Finch and the staff with all of the injuries and and you know ending up where they are right now, forty and forty, but still everything to play for because um, you know you're in the nine spot. You can fall no lo- lower than nine. Uh, there's still a chance to get into five. It's a long shot, but anywhere between five and nine is still in play. Yeah, and and I think like one of the things that is unique to me in watching this season is we have seen not not necessarily with the Timberwolves because this is the first time that they've had back-to-back 40 win seasons since 2004 and 05 right I mean it's been forever but in general when you see a team in the NBA that is a 500 team um, maybe one or two games above or below that you're thinking not really anything to worry about if you're a, if you're a team in the top half of a, of the western conference you're looking down the ladder at a at a 500 team and you're saying ah you know who cares like that if if you're 500 you, you you're not really anything to worry about but this right. team is one that you can see a world where they get into the play in whether it's the 9 seed whether it's the 8 or the 7 they win and then you're playing either Memphis or Denver in round one, and they have enough talent, just top to bottom, depth of talent, and then 
star power at the top to win a series. Um, to, if you get the right matchup to win two series or mm-hmm. they can lose in the play in tournament and not even make the playoffs and um, limp into the offseason as with their with their shoulders slumped and and at an incredibly frustrating like this is a team that as finch has said we've heard it a couple times can beat any team in the league can lose to any team in the league and i legitimately believe that like there yeah. there's not a team out there that you say they'd have no chance against these guys especially in a series so kind yep. of forecasting or getting your your mind around it it's just really difficult because it could go in so many different directions and the pendulum can swing so wildly. And the and speaking to that, it's, you know, the Wolves have the tiebreaker all, the, all over mm-hmm. all these teams that they're battling with. And that tells you how good they've been against those teams and they can rise to the occasion and beat those teams. It's been it's been the lesser teams that they've had problems with and um you know, we knew it when 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 you lose games to Detroit, to Charlotte, um to San Antonio, lately to Portland, um you, you knew after every one you're like, there's no way we don't look back at the end of the season and look at those 10 losses to bottom five teams and say, well, had you win half of those, which would still be an OK record, not a great record. So it's not asking too much to go f- 10 and five against those group instead of five and 10. Um, you'd be you'd be free and clear of the play and you'd be up in the four or five seed right now. Um, but it shows that the Wolves, you know, that they have all these tiebreakers. Guess what? They've beaten the Lakers. They've beaten the Clippers. They have a chance to win the series and series against the Pelicans coming up on Sunday. Um, they even even though they went 2-2 against Golden State, if if those two teams were to be tied and Golden State would lose out their last two, the Wolves would still have the tiebreaker because they've got a better Western Conference record. So they've beaten these teams against good quality opponents, um, which does give you hope that if you get into a series, this team um, can make some noise. And, and you're right. There, no one's run away with the Western Conference. I mean, Denver is rightfully so the number one team. Memphis has played well. Um, but they have their flaws, and they, there's plenty of questions about those teams. Sacramento as well. Great season. Um, the Wolves beat them three times already this year. They have not been world beaters. They just want to outscore you. They have a real problem, I think. They can't defend. Um, and, and once you get in the postseason, I think the game slows down a little bit. You have to be able to play some level of defense, and I don't I don't know that Sacramento could do that. But even if you match up against number one Denver, yeah, the, the, the Nuggets would be favored in that series, but the Wolves have played them pretty tough through the through the, through the last couple of years. And so um, I, I give the Wolves, you know, if they can get out of this play-in, I give them a you know not a great chance, but I, I give them a chance absolutely because I think any any matchup between any of the top eight seeds I, I think is going to be fascinating this year. Let's just lay it out here now. We're talking to Alan Horton, the Timberwolves play-by-play radio man for WCCO AMA three O here on the John Krasinski show, and let's just lay out as we go into the final weekend exactly where the wolves stand as you said alan they are 40 and 40 they're in ninth place right now in the west they're a game behind the pelicans for eight they play the spurs on saturday in austin texas they come home for the pelicans on sunday and it what's what seems to be a kind of seeding determining uh game uh, if we assume that they beat the Spurs, which we can't assume anything with the Wolves (laughs) in some of these games, but um, they are a game behind both the Lakers and the Pelicans in seven, eight. It looks to me, Alan, like they will be playing on Sunday for whether you are the eight seed or the nine seed, because the Lakers have Mm -hmm. two games. They play Phoenix on Friday night. We're recording this Friday. Um, The Suns are coming off a back-to-back. They will probably rest 
Durant and Paul and maybe even Booker and yeah. probably dump that game to the Lakers. And then I think the Lakers have the Spurs um, or no, the uh, Jazz you, on Sunday. Utah, yeah. And they're, they're not trying to win either. So I, unless the Lakers pull a Timberwolves and, um, and, and just really play poorly, it looks like they're going to be in the seven seed and then it's Pelicans or Timberwolves for eight or nine. How do you see that kind of shaping up here? Yeah, I think that's probably the most um, uh, likely scenario is that, you, you know, like like we said, I mean, the five is still in play, but Golden State has a game against Portland. The Clippers, who are in sixth, have a game against Portland amongst their last two. And I, unless those, you know, I, I know the Wolves just lost to Portland that last weekend, but um, I don't know if that those teams are going to let that happen, especially on their home floor. Actually, Golden State goes to Portland, but, um, you know, you have to assume that once teams get, you know, the Wolves can only get to 42 wins. So anybody who gets to 43 or more, um, obviously you can't catch them. It's the most likely scenario is playing against New Orleans. And if, and if the Wolves take care of business against San Antonio, um, they at least give themselves a shot. Um, they don't have to. They can make up that game by beating the Pelicans and having the season series against them, and I, I think that becomes huge. You don't want to be in nine ten one game. You lose that, you're done. If you're in the seven eight, even if you have to go on the road and play the Lakers um, in that first one, at least you've got another one to rely on if you lose that, and you'd have that one at home. So I I, I think Sunday becomes huge. But as we've seen with this team, you certainly can't put the cart in front of the horse because. Uh, the, the Wolves have already lost to San Antonio this year, um, and this is going to be kind of a neutral site game in Austin. It's going to they they played there the other uh, last night, and uh, who they beat last night was that Portland? It was they Portland? Yep. Yeah, they beat Portland last night, and so maybe they got the win under their belt. And maybe they're now uh, focused back on losing. Who knows? But the Wolves you have to win that game to set everything up. Um, but the Wolves just haven't played well at home either. I, yeah, I, I seven of the last eight they've lost, right? I, I mean, that's incredible. They've really started to play well on the road, and 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 they have not played well at home. And they've just, as you've seen, John, they've looked they've looked really poor on the home floor of late. There's, there's something isn't clicking. The energy isn't there, and it's such a contrast to what I know. Yet last every season is a little bit different, but that team was so dominant at home last year. They had such great energy and it, 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 everything kind of flowed at home. The home was a kind of a safe space that they could come to and play well and get back on track. And it just hasn't materialized like that this year. Let's take a quick break here and we'll get back uh, on the other side of this. We'll talk a little cat. We'll talk a little Rudy. We'll talk a little bit more of that home court advantage. You're listening to the John Krasinski show with Alan Horton on talk North radio network. Manscaped is here with a deal you can't pass over this Easter season. They've got the tools to give you the beautifully decorated eggs of your dreams. Just because it's Easter doesn't mean it's okay to hide those bad boys behind all that tall grass. So make sure you, your downstairs lawn is mowed. Get yourself feeling as sweet as candy by going to manscaped.com and getting 20% off plus free shipping with the code ATHLETIC. It's time to put all your eggs into the perfect basket with the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped. Inside this ball care bunny basket, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is an elite electric trimmer. It has their proprietary advanced skin safe technology that is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof and equipped with an LED light so you can keep 
eyes on those eggs, even in the dark. The Easter Bunny dropped off an extra special gift with the performance package by adding the upgraded Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and ear hair trimmer, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes. So save 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. I'd like to tell you about all energy solar. Solar panels are the only home improvement project that pays for itself. Learn more about going solar this spring at All Energy Solar's free webinar by visiting allenergysolar.com slash webinar. Now, if you go to allenergysolar.com slash coach, you can find out how you can save money on your solar installation. You find out what incentives you could qualify for. And if you go to allenergysolar.com slash battery, you can find out about how solar with energy storage can provide peace of mind during winter storms and all the other storms we get here in Minnesota. So go to All Energy Solar and find out just how good solar energy can be for you. Hey everyone, it's John for Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. Been going there for years with my wife. They have great beers, it's a great tap room, and we have something exciting to announce as you're getting ready for what is going to be another crazy week in wolf season. On Monday, um, we will be hosting a live recording of the John Krasinski show. Jim Suhan and I will be there, possibly some special guests as well at Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. We will show up probably around 6 p.m. Monday, uh, hang out for a while. We will record the show at 7 p.m. So come in, have some beers, ask some questions. Either it's going to be a great uh, exciting build excitement for the play-in tournament uh, on Tuesday, or we're going to be having some therapy session if things don't go as we hope they will go this weekend. So um, we will also be unveiling the next batch of Crunch Time Beer, which is our collaboration with the good folks, Neil and Nate and everyone at Head Flyer Brewing. Um, so you can have a few beers. Uh, we can hang out, talk some wolves. We can have, you know, we can kind of lean on each other. It's been a tough year. It's been a crazy year, and it might be even be an exciting year. So come out and join us. The last Head Flyer show was awesome. The place was packed. Get there a little early. Get a seat close to the tables where we'll be set up, and and we'll have a good time. So stop by and see us, Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis, on Monday, starting at 6 p.m., recording at 7 p.m. We'll see you there. We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR Injury Law help me if I'm hurt on a motorcycle? Yeah. How about if I'm hurt on a boat? Yes. It's simple. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. All right, back here uh, on the John Krasinski Show with Alan Horton from WCCO AM Radio. Um, yeah, Alan, this is kind of the one thing where um, you get so frustrated just watching this team, right? Because let's even – let's let's throw away most of the stinkers that they have had over the last, over the course of the year against Charlotte, against Detroit, against um, uh, the wizards, against all these teams. If they had just beaten Portland, that <laughs> like right. they, the Blazers had no reason to win. They didn't want to win. They didn't expect to win. They were actively dumping that game. If, if the wolves just beat Portland at home last Sunday, they would be in the driver's seat for seven and, yep. and, and, and just not being able to do that. And, and that, that energy, not having it at the start of that game, you're right. And, and I'm not even, you know, 
looking at, I, I'm going to say the fans did their part in showing up because we've seen they've taken the tarps off the, the end zone seats. The place was packed. They, there was a there was a vibe in there that at mm-hmm. the start that wanted to really get this team going, but then they came out so flat. So um, it, it's just been one of those things where you just you look it back and you shake your head. Just one game, yeah. even to put yep. you in such a better position for this. It's just it's really frustrating. It's a it's a real head scratcher, and it uh, it can drive you insane if you think about it too much because there's just there's no rhyme or reason to it, especially this late in the year with so much at stake. To have that kind of performance against that team, I mean, it was just so, it was just so glaring the talent discrepancy. You know, here the Wolves roll out Towns, and they've got Gobert, they've got Mike Conley, they've got Jaden McDaniels, and they got all their guys, Anthony Edwards. And you're looking at the other side, and uh, yeah, Shaden Sharp has got some promise as a young player, and you're like, who? Drew Eubanks is out there. Uh, who are these other guys playing? Um, it was, it's, it's a real head scratcher, and it, it would have made. It would have made a huge, huge difference. You'd be you'd be tied right now with the Lakers and Clippers and 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 I should say Lakers and New Orleans, um, yeah. And you'd be in the driver's seat. But um, you know maybe that's just not that that that, that kind of typifies the way this season has gone. The ups and downs we've talked about, the roller coaster ride, um, and and it kind of embodied that in one game because as poorly as the Wolves played in that game, they still had like a double digit lead with about three yeah. minutes to go in the third quarter. And you're thinking, okay, is, even though it hasn't gone to form tonight and it's been a little bit off and hasn't looked great, um, you, you, this is the time where you close things out. And that's when Portland went on a 19-4 to run and kind of got themselves back in the game. And as we've seen so many times over the year against lesser opponents, you allow teams to hang around, you allow them to gain some confidence. It, it's really tough to break them of that, even if it's a bunch of glorified G-leaguers and, and end-of-the-rotation guys. Um, this is the NBA. There's talent out there, and you give guys confidence. Um, it, it's 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 tough to, to all of a sudden break them of that and try to win the game. So there's been seven games now that since Towns returned from his calf strain, and it's been really interesting to watch, Alan, because if you look at just the numbers, they are 26th in offensive rating since he came yeah. back, yeah. and you know 110.2 points per one possessions, but defense. Where you think they would really struggle getting Towns yeah. back in the lineup, they're fifth, 111.0, right. and and I'm trying to make sense of that now. Clearly, I think that you see there's a there's a, a process of reincorporating a focus point type player, a franchise type player who needs touches, who wants shots, who maybe um, will hold the ball in the block a little bit more for, a, and and that's going to be a process. And as you as you show uh, talked about earlier today. Just not having, um, you know, the practice time to really kind of get things back together and some unfamiliarity. So I'm I'm not shocked that the offense has been bad. I'm I'm surprised it's been this bad, but yeah. I, but the defense has been generally good. In Golden State, it was great, and and yeah. so how what kind of sense do you make of? of that because if anything I thought that that was going to be the, the the thing that really took a dip when you subbed Towns for Carl Kyle Anderson at the four and yeah. it just it, it they've held on in, in defensively through that yeah you would think it would be the other way around yes. like you, yep. the lack of practice time would hurt you most on the defensive end and that the offense guys would just have their talent kind of shine through because Carl I mean to, to have him come back and miss 52 games um and, and shoot the way I mean he's just it's, it's, he's so immensely talented offensively. It's um, it's it's really just 
I realized how much the Wolves missed him and just I, I missed watching his shot because he could just I mean, the guy could miss six months, a year, five years and still shoot like crazy. And just uh, that that has never been an issue for him. Um, I think it has shown that. Yeah, it, 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 which kind of fits with the season, right? That the that, that doesn't really make much sense, right? That the defense would be better than the offense. But I also think it speaks to 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 Kyle Anderson's play. He's been so good in the starting lineup, and the Wolves have such a positive record when he's in the starting lineup. And I think it just speaks to how much of an impact he's had on this team and on the offense. Um, I, I you know I even mentioned to Mike Conley the other day, like you know, are you surprised that you're only averaging you know? four you know 4.9 or something like under five assists per game since coming over and he's like well it just speaks to how much other talent you have on this team that Kyle Anderson can make plays that Anthony Edwards can make plays um even Rudy's getting two or three assists a game I mean it's all up and down the lineup the assists are coming from and Mike's kind of taken on more of a scoring role than he had maybe in the last couple of years and so I think uh Kyle Anderson has just been just this amazing addition, uh, maybe one of the greatest free agent acquisitions in Timberwolves That's history. I've, I, I've said I, it, Kyle or Ellen. I I think yeah. it might be number one. And I mean, I don't even know. I'd have to really sit down and think. I don't even know what else is who else is in the um, in the running for that. But it's, he's just it's been, not a great list. It's like <laughs> it's Joe Smith, it's Chauncey Billups, it's you know yeah. Fred Hoiberg, and like some solid decent players. But yeah. we all know that Minnesota is not a free agent destination. Um, they rarely have had a ton of money to throw around in free agency. And and so you get some good players, Andre Kirilenko, so you guys yep. like that. But like, but Kyle Anderson, not only in what he's given, but also the A, the value, but but B, he came to a team that has needed him more than any other team has ever needed yep. Kyle Anderson. And he has yep. risen to that occasion. Like, you know, I mean, remember, like in 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 July. He signs, and then the next day they trade for Rudy Gobert, and it's like everyone kind of forgot about Kyle Anderson and just like, yeah. oh, that's a nice little player. But he's been a season saver for them in so many ways. And I can't believe that, uh, he, he, that his prior teams, Memphis and San Antonio, obviously they had some talent um, while he was there, but d- giving him a better, bigger role. I mean, I, this is he, he's having a career year in so many different areas um, he's, he's stepped up and been absolutely incredible. And it's, it's amazing to watch because of his change of pace, right? It's so different than everybody else out there. He gets it done in a different way than not only everybody on the team, but everybody in the league, everybody's playing fast. They have no change of gears. And, and, uh, Kyle just has mastered, you know, the nickname fits right. Slow-mo it's, it's, he downshifts and, um, he can, com- he completely catches people off guard. It looks like he's taking an extra step every single time, but it's so effective. And he's been, um, he's been amazing. And I think, I think with Carl coming back and being in the starting lineup, I, that's my theory is that probably, um, that's taken a little bit of an adjustment with Kyle out of the lineup. Now he's still playing about 30, you know, plus minutes a night. So he's still getting plenty of time. Uh, but I think as far as the starting five go, that, that might be one reason why they've struggled a little bit. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and that kind of brings us, Alan, to, to Rudy, who has been obviously a lightning rod all season long for, you know, league-wide an- analysis. Uh, fans certainly have been up and down on him and mostly down. Let's, let's be honest with it. Um, I kind of look at this scenario where, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of fans t- say, you know, prior to the Laker Clipper game the other night, there was a real chance that this season was going to end with the Timberwolves in the seven seed 
against the Clippers in the play-in exactly like last season. And, right. and, and so I think, um, you know, I, I got some fans saying, oh, well, they gave up all this stuff for Rudy Gobert and it was supposed to vault us to another level and they're exactly where they were a year ago. What, what kind of sense does that make? And I will ad- freely admit, Alan, that it's been difficult at times to watch Rudy Gobert, especially on the offensive end with the way that he struggles to catch the ball. Some of his finishing around the rim has not been aesthetically pleasing. But I do think also that he deserves quite a bit of credit here because if Carl Anthony Towns would have missed 52 games from last year's team, where right. is that team, right? right. And sure, certainly Kyle Anderson factors in hugely here with this season with him being out. But I think Rudy seems to like get overlooked in terms of the floor that he sets for a team around him. And I think that, you know, him, especially since Conley has came aboard and, and we've seen a little bit more of the go bear that we saw in Utah. I I think that it's been maybe a little bit of an underappreciated season from him, even if like, I freely admit that it's been hard to watch him just aesthetically sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you mentioned lightning rod right off the top there. And and he's unfortunately always going to be a lightning rod because of the trade that really he had nothing to do with. It's, it's, it's the Wolves front office that made the deal with the jazz front office. And there will always be speculation going forward for the next few years about whether that trade worked, whether it was good, whether it was bad. Um, and so he'll be a lightning rod for that by no fault of his own. Um, it was an adjustment for him. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, fitting in with towns and the starting five, even early in the season, um, I thought it was more about the whole starting five than just him and Carl. Sure, uh, him yeah. and Carl have been pretty good. The numbers have been pretty strong since Carl came back. It's, it's a small sample size, uh, but th- they've been really good next to each other, um, like a plus ten net rating last uh, heading into that Brooklyn game the other night. Um, but I think what's really taken off for Rudy is his comfort level, and that and that has coincided with Mike Conley coming aboard. It's uh, since the trade deadline. Rudy has put together his best stretch of the season, you know, 20 or so games here where he's been he's been really impactful and he's been the player that the Wolves saw last year and in years prior in in Utah. I mean, he's deterring shots inside more and more. Um, you, you, you see a comfort level with him. I think of what his coaches are asking from him, the players that are on the floor with him. Um, and I think I think Rudy, I think that word comfort is really important for Rudy. He's a, he's a lot of guys like the routine, right? And his routine was completely shifted this year by moving franchises, uh, moving where he lives, moving how he gets to the arena, the 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 practice facility, all the little things that players become very accustomed to and like things a certain way. That takes time to develop, and unfortunately, I, I don't think we're even going to be able to, you know, judge the trade overall this season almost has been a lost season in the sense that we really don't know over a, a, a significant period of time, how well the wolves can play with Rudy Gobert, how good that starting five can be and how good that pairing can be next to Carl Anthony Towns. There just is not that much of a sample size. And I don't even think the beginning of the season feels like such a long time ago. That almost feels like a different season altogether. I'm not sure we can put a whole lot of stock in that. Um, things are looking better when Carl comes back, you know, in, in this last stretch, um, so it's going to take it, it. Unfortunately, we're going to have to go into next year really and, and give this guy some some time um, and an off season together too. I hope that they can work together a little bit. I don't know how much Rudy's going to be playing overseas. He was playing overseas last summer, which kind of 
uh, limited his ability even to come to Minnesota and, um, and, and work out with the guys and get some continuity there and some chemistry developed. Um, so we'll see about that. But I think you're going to have to go into next season before um, you get a significant sample size for for those two and the starting five in this team. Um, obviously, there's some changes that will happen in the offseason. But for the most part, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see how good this group can be. But I do think Rudy has been impa- impactful since Mike Conley came aboard. And I can't tell you how many times, John, we see opponents come into the paint. They look at Rudy. They go, Verp, they turn around and go right back out. Um, it's it's awesome to see, and his, he affects so many shots. Even though his blocks are down this year, I, I just think his impact um, is starting to really be felt. And I, I think that's one reason why the defensive numbers have been so good. Yeah, and I, and I think like that's a really important point that I wanted to touch on as well is that, hey, look, Walker Kessler's been awesome in Utah. He yes. is blocking a ton of shots. And you look, if you want to just look at the box score and you, and you see – Walker Kessler blocking this many in this many minutes and Rudy's blocks have dropped pretty dramatically. They earlier yeah. on the season, they were really, they were, they were almost non-existent in comparison. But I think that um, it, what is not realized is the deterrence. I do think that there is an element of, uh, you know, people wanting to test Kessler, this rookie, this dude, like, Hey, you know, yeah. what's this guy about? I'm going right at him and finding out that, Oh my gosh, this guy's, this is guy is really good and learning the hard way with Rudy. They already know that yeah. he's not one to necessarily be tested all the time. And so that's why like the deterrence numbers seem to be much bigger and more important for Rudy than necessarily the blocks, which are just, you know, which are down from what we historically see from him. Yep. And I think you just we just have to wait time. You've got to see how this plays out. Kessler's had a really Walker Kessler's had a really good rookie season. Let's see see how he was in the second year. See how teams adjust, like you're talking about. Because um, right, they are going at him and they're learning the hard way. Oh, this guy, this guy's got some talent. He's got some he's got some leaping ability and timing and all the things it takes to block shots. Uh, but let's see about his his next year and and the year after that. That will be. Um, you know, that will be a better way, I think, to judge Rudy V. Walker Kessler. As we get uh, close to wrapping up here on the John Krasinski show at the Aquarius Home Services Studios, Alan, like how do we uh, evaluate Chris Finch this season so far? Um, I look at it as, you know, I think last year he had an incredible season coaching, uh, really pushed a lot of the right buttons with with a totally different team in terms of makeup, in terms of uh, personality, in terms of skill set, all of those things. And really uh, played a big role in them maybe exceeding expectations. This season, uh, he has dealt with a lot more adversity. They've been not nearly as healthy as they were last year. They've had bigger changes to incorporate on the fly. Um, I think that, you know, he he has said several times, you know, maybe he wished he would have done this better. Maybe he wished he would have done that better. His most recent saying that it was on him that Towns didn't get more touches in the, on the block against Portland and, and, and trying to kind of address some of those things. But how do you look at Chris Finch and just the way that he's had to handle a team that really has been in flux since the start of the season? I think what jumps out to me is when I look at Chris Finch's performance this year as head coach, and it's always difficult to evaluate a coach. We don't really know what goes on in the huddle, in those film rooms. Um, We're allowed to watch practice and everything, and so we can see how he handles the team and and, and the demeanor he's got and all that. But really in the film room is is kind of closed off, and that's that's where – 
you I, I would love to be a fly on the wall and kind of hear what goes on and what kind of um you know relationship he has with the players in terms of like can you call out certain guys for this certain guys for that or do you you know that's that's where i think coaches you know their their relationship with players is really d- determined in how they in how they handled the players behind closed doors and, and also in public but with that being said what jumps out to me is just you know we talked about the roller coaster and there's been so many times where you think this team is just uh, they don't have it right they've lost 3 in a row uh, there are a couple of bad losses in there they're never going to turn things around and then they get a practice or they get a shoot around in um, one of those rare moments during the season when you get to regroup and and the team has responded well time and time again. Now, in that same breath, you can say that the, the good times don't last long enough. And, and all of a sudden you go back into the, one of those swoons or one of those uh, valleys compared to a peak. But I think that's what jumps out to me, John, is when you've lost three in a row or four in a row or five or six. Um, and then this team responds. And I think that speaks I think speak, that speaks to the to the impact the coach has. Um, and what I've been impressed about Chris Finch uh, in his what, third season, I guess, second full season, is that he he kind of embodies to me a lot of the different characteristics that the past coaches have had. Um, I, I think he's got the X's and O's. I've got the, the he loves to talk the game. Uh, he's a thinker of the game. He's focused on the game, but he's also got um, a regular kind of personality that you don't see with a lot of coaches. You can approach him if you see him walking in the street, and he'll stop and talk to you. He's a regular guy. He he doesn't have you know some of the control. Um, that I think a lot of coaches fall into the trap of trying to control everything. Um, and it's, I think he embodies a lot of the positive things I've seen from some of the past coaches, whether it's, whether it's Randy Whitman or Kevin McHale and, and Rick Adelman and uh, Kurt Rambis. I don't know. There wasn't a lot in the 32 <laughs> and 132 season. I might skip over that two year stretch, right. but uh, you know, Tom Thibodeau, um, that's a guy, you know, uh, we were walking in the back hallway in in New York City, and those two stopped and talked for like ten minutes. Um, the, the PR department couldn't get both sides, New York and Minnesota, couldn't get their guy away from the other guy. They were just like, you know, talking the game, and um, I think there's a lot of respect for for uh, for those two between those two, and 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 around the league, Chris Finch has got a lot of. Um, a lot of good relationships with a lot of other head coaches and, you know, Quinn Snyder just in town with Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, just couldn't speak enough about Chris Finch and how they've had their the, the similar type paths to the NBA. So I guess to, to round out what your, what your question was, John, I think I look at those stretches where the Timberwolves didn't have things going and it looked hopeless um, every time they've been able to kind of bounce back. And again, after the Portland game, great example, right? That could be a deflating, um, just soul crushing game, right? That could t- throw you into a tailspin with three games to play. And what do they do? They respond and beat a really good, a pretty good Brooklyn team on the road, um, a team that just beat them a couple of weeks ago at Target Center. So I think that speaks um, volumes. And, and one reason they've been able to bounce back from these stretches is because I think Chris has a very um, healthy perspective on things. He's not afraid to call out things. He'll say that was an awful loss. That was a terrible loss. Or this is a big stretch coming up. Or we really have to work on this. Whereas some other coaches are so guarded in what they say that I think that trickles down to the players. And he's not afraid to be honest about the situation. Um, You know, saying that this is a big stretch coming up or that was, you know, we have to be, he's not calling guys out, but he's just telling you like it is. And he does that with his, with his players. He's honest with them. And I think that pays dividends, especially when you go through some of the valleys is that um, he's not afraid to call it out as it is, acknowledge it. And I think we saw that in the postseason last year against Memphis. You don't come back from a couple of those blown leads that the Timberwolves have, especially that really bad one 
uh, in game, what was it, three? Pick and all then of them. Yeah, four. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd pick a loss in there. Those right. could have been soul-crushing. Those could have just put you in a game three for sure. Home. Game three at yep. home for sure, yeah. And to bounce back from that, I think, speaks volumes. You just, you you acknowledge it, you label it, you 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 come to terms with it, and you move on from it. it but you can't move on from it unless you acknowledge it and, and sort of pick apart some of the things. And I think he's really good at doing that. Alan Horton, you are one of the very best in the business. I appreciate you uh, taking some time on on an off day here to join us here on the John Krasinski Show. I'll be listening to you uh, this weekend uh, for the Saturday San Antonio game. And uh, hopefully uh, we will have a little bit of a run here to, to go into the plan and and maybe into the playoffs, get you some more money into the into that voluminous wallet that you carry around. <laughs> I like I like the sound of that. That sounds good. I hope yeah. Anybody wants to contribute? That's uh, uh, John. Right back at you. It's always fun uh, reading your coverage. Been so great with the athletic. It's such been such a great fit um, for all your writing, and that's um, been awesome. And yeah, we're actually on this weekend. I think we're on one hundred two point nine. The Wolf because the Twins go. have some games, and so we've got some conflicts coming up. Uh, but uh, we're we're booming away on the FM dial this weekend. So both games Saturday and Sunday. Uh, on 102.9 is uh, it's a busy time of the year with the Twins, the Wild, the Wolves. Um, I know the, the 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 Valley Sports North team was all traveling to the game mm-hmm. in Brooklyn because they didn't have I don't think they had studio space available for all the pregame shows they had to do. So it's a busy time of year. It's a fun time of year, and um, hopefully the Wolves can finish up with two wins here and just and and give themselves a shot in this thing. You know, play well, and then hey, where the chips fall, where they may next week, and if we're playing a play in, great win a couple of those and get themselves to the postseason for the second straight year. Thanks to Alan Horton. Thanks to TSR Injury Law, Head Flyer Brewing, Manscaped, All Energy Solar, and Aquarius Home Services. We will be back uh, on Monday, live show at Head Flyer Brewing, Monday, maybe previewing, previewing a play-in game on Tuesday. Join us at 7 p.m. for the for the show, Jim and I. And uh, we will see you after what is sure to be another interesting weekend in Timberwolves basketball. Thanks, everyone. And thanks to Brandon Morton for producing. Mm-hmm.